At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional bond. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that no one asked for. And my name is Larry Wu. Uh, I'm Curtis Withers. Larry, a happy St. Patrick's Day to you, sir. And a happy St. Patrick's Day to you, too. Not that we're doing too much that's related to traditionally in North American style of celebrating St. Patrick's Day. No, my uh, my wife uh, went out for a dentist appointment today at uh, uh, near her office at uh, Young and Eglinton, which, of course, she's not really going to now. So now, now her dentist is far away and inconvenient instead of something that she could do on her way to work. But while she was out there, she stopped by the uh, Duke of Kent and picked us up a couple of Guinness and a uh, and a chicken pot pie. Oh. So so we are having to, to that extent a St. Patrick's Day celebration. <laughs> Outstanding. It, it's it's funny cuz you mentioned uh chicken. Um Curtis you, you you obviously know what clubhouse is, right? Well, there's a couple of different things. It can be a a house where members of an organize, organization meet and congregate. Or it can be a uh, delicious type of sandwich. Um, I think I'm pretty bang on with those two this time. You you are. Yeah. Douchey frat house and tasty sandwich with bacon on it. Uh, but no, you are actually incorrect. Well, you're you're correct in 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 the direct sense. But Clubhouse is the, I, I don't want to call it latest, but let's just call it the latest because it's latest to us. It's the latest social media platform to kind of take the world by storm. I'm sure there's one popping up every hour, but Clubhouse seems to be getting some traction. So Clubhouse social media platform, their shtick, audio only. Wow, that's uh, that, that that that's really kind of anachronistic. <laughs> so I, I think there's like, just like your wall in Facebook, or you can go into these rooms where common things and people basically start threads by recording an audio track, and then people, I guess, respond to it, hmm. and and then the conversation begins. Uh, I I'm sure they have some kind of live component to it, but it sounds more like an audio wall, the equivalent. So like, I I I always kind of thought. Twitter was kind of like that, like you're just constantly shouting into a, a room full of people. But this literally is you shouting <laughs> into a literal room of people. See, when I'm when I'm on Twitter and I see some of these uh, some of these guys and and they're 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 tweeting in all caps, and I'm thinking to myself, "Thank God I don't have to hear their voice." <laughs> well, here here's 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 the pitch. So Clubhouse features a wide variety of clubs and virtual rooms with conversations on diverse topics. For example, talk shows, music, networking, dating. Oh, how 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 toxic and ugly is that room? Performances and oh, and here's another uh, uh, safe room: political discussions. Yeah, the app is the app has celebrities user users including Drake, Kevin Hart, and Tiffany Haddish. Who hosts virtual conversations on Clubhouse? I think um, if I were to come out with a social media app or site or or, or, or method, uh, the first thing I would do is 
take out political discourse, like discourage political discourse at any stage. You know, that that is like the most toxic thing on on uh, on Twitter. And I, I don't know if the, you know, having it having it be audio is going to improve is going to lessen that toxicity. Well, you know, I always think when people post things on social media, you you wonder, like, would you actually say this to someone in real life? But I guess here you go. Go ahead and say it. This is no longer <laughs> just typing. You can actually vocalize and, you know, I guess, and I guess... Not, not even hide your sarcasm. You, you could basically <laughs> be shouting your sarcasm. I guess, I guess like there's less anonymity because it is your voice, but, um, you know, you can still, I guess, hide your appearance, hide your name and stuff like that. So, uh, the tools for being, um, a cowardly douchebag are still very, very much present in this. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, audio only, we're audio only. Maybe we can do a, a, a cucumber account. And I realized, oh, it's invite only. And I don't know anyone cool enough that's on Clubhouse that can invite me in for me to even check out how it really works. No, me, me neither. I don't know any, I, I don't know any, none, none of the, uh, none of the fellow kids that I know are, uh, are lining up to invite, to invite me in. Yeah. But uh, it just shows you how much social media is kind of like ex- there's it's still room to expand if things like this are are propping up and you know in one way it, it's it, you know the saying about social media where right? it was it was initially created to kind of bring us together now I don't know like is it really tearing us further apart and I don't know even about this audio one only like that just kind of. I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see how it's used. I guess. I mean, like, you know, if it's if it's just people putting clips of their of their band up there and people are talking about it, you know, I don't see any harm in that. But like, I don't know. I could just see it. I could just see it becoming another another refuge of 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 uh, of, of terrible human beings. You know, like yeah. I don't know. And now now you have to actually hear and and never um, unhear the voice as well. And it might be one of those things that starts off pretty good too, because I I remember uh, Facebook like way back in the day. I think you got into it early because you got an invitation mm-hmm. from somebody who was in in uh, in college at the time, and I I I had to wait till till it got completely opened up. But I remember I knew a couple of of people uh, from work who were still going to school, and they were on it and talking about it all the time. So as soon as it opened up, I got an account. And and when it first started, I loved it. Like I was just like, oh hey, you know this guy I know from university is is on here. Oh, you know this girl I knew from high school is on here and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you, you know you catch up a little bit and stuff. And and you know like just compared to what it is now, and I just don't want to have anything to do with it. And I don't have anything to do with it. Um, you know, I just I just think like even if Clubhouse, you know has the purest of intentions and starts off as being a fairly, you know, positive space. It's only a matter of time before, you know, either, either the jerky users or the jerky owners ruin it. Hmm. Um, do you remember an old thing in Facebook? This, you just reminded me uh, when I first joined, remember how Facebook would encourage you to, when you friended someone to indicate 
your relationship to that person like there was a few things you can point uh talk about your relationship with that person i remember one of the things was it's complicated that was one of the choices do you remember that yeah 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 you could fill in certain fields to say like i i remember larry from you know watching wrestling at the acc or whatever yeah and then you could put in like a status and yeah it's complicated you know, <laughs> right off the hop just poisoning it <laughs> exactly at all productive exactly so uh continuing down the old guys trying to interpret new technology uh curtis have you heard of an nft uh i hadn't really heard of it until um they until until it was mentioned in an article about the Kings of Leon uh, releasing their album using an NFT. And then I hadn't heard about it again until uh, five minutes before we started this podcast when, <laughs> when we were talking about <laughs> technology. So, so let's, let's, let's try to break it down for the Cucumber listeners. So uh, NFT stands for non-fungible token. I know it doesn't clear things up, does it? Nope. <laughs> so it's it's not like it's it's not like a bitcoin where that is fungible because one can replace another a non-fungible token non oh nft nft is something that's basically one of a kind that's probably thought of it i think the analogy would be like a one of a kind trading card so if i had the larry wu uh pokemon um card and I could sell it and make money off of it by selling it to other people and continue the chain down. It still doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it's it's becoming a big thing. Like you said, with the Kings of Leon issuing out a... Was it a song or an album as an NFT? I thought it was an album. Okay. So it gives them high control, right? So... The way I interpret it, and I could be completely wrong, but that's this is just my interpretation because no one else can tell me how it works, is so the Kings of Leon create this NFT for this album. They can then distribute this by selling the NFT, but because there's only really... They can copy it. They There's only really one in the world and one owner they can track the replication and the distribution of it and they make money every single time the song changes hands or gets copied one after another. Don't ask me how you play an NFT, but um, I assume if you had like a one of a kind thing, it makes sense, but I don't know how a song would really work well because you have to take it out. So you'd have to maybe have a music player that's kind of like a bank machine because it's still considered like a digital currency right at least that's my interpretation it just seems very very complicated to me overly complicated <laughs> to solve a problem that there isn't one like that that's the sense i get right so what happens like like um does this mean that that, that this album won't show up on spotify or does or does spotify get a non-fungible token and plop it into their system and <laughs> I have no no idea. I'm old. (laughs) It reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons, uh, Grandpa Simpson. I used to to be with it. Now I don't know what it is. (laughs) No, I I don't know what it is is now. And I find it 
scary and confusing and one day you will too and that's that's where i'm at with an nft yeah this but, is just yeah it, it's it's something that i will probably never have to encounter that's 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 what i'm i'm looking at probably right here so so here here's another example so uh deadmos good old canadian joel zimmerman so um it's he created i guess a bunch of animated stickers which he ended up selling so okay. there's only one of them in the world like he you know and people i guess they they gain in value every time either someone attempts to replicate it or it changes hands from one person to another so in the end he has greater control it it just yeah let's just get off of it because neither one of us are going to be buying one or, or lining up. But I, I just thought I'd kind of bring it up because it, along with clubhouse, I was like, yeah, what are, what are old guys like us going to deal with yeah. clubhouse or NFTs? Yeah. We tried, we tried to figure out. We, uh, we yeah, we tried. NFTs and, yeah. Okay. On with the headlines. So we talked about St. Patrick's day and the last couple of weeks we talked about silly world records. So I thought, I found this one headline and I said, okay, you know what? This brings the both worlds together. So New York businesses, 1100 square foot shamrock aims for world record. <laughs> I, oh, New and York I'm, state I'm, business is seeking Guinness world record recognition for 1100 square foot shamrock painted in its parking lot. Yeah, I'm looking at it and... It's not so big. It's not so big. It's not impressive. <laughs> and and it, it 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 completely invalidates many of the parking spaces. I mean, maybe during the pandemic they're not getting a lot of people parking there. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty ticked. Oh man. <laughs> I'm on this side of the the clover. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's really uh just another another silly record. You could make like Larry, I still I still contend that you and I could think of something and we could make a record out of it. And it would be ridiculous, and then okay, someone we'll, will break it. Like within within probably two weeks, they'll hear about it and they'll break it. And they'll break it by a lot because we weren't actually trying to, you know, like most times juggling a pomegranate while waiting for the subway or something like that. Hmm. you know and we let's say you and i like we toss it between each other and we have to we, you know how there's rules so we'll stay six feet apart and in the time that you uh in in the time between two um say uh young spadina trains in rush hour we're, we'll be at college station say and we see how many times we can throw that uh pomegranate back and forth and then we'll submit it to Guinness Book of World Records. And it, it'll be like, say, I don't know, 25. And then somebody will catch wind of it. And then within a week, they'll do it like 230 times in the same sort of time span. I, I like the idea, but I think we need to uh, change the fruit. Pomegranate is too easy. And I think we need to do something scarier. And like a more, pineapple? More, more outrageous. Pineapple? I was thinking more uh the the south asian or the asian fruit the durian durian because and because, because there's consequences for dropping it right because if we breach the durian then that, that it becomes a whole new event right yeah that could be pretty smelly i'm up for that i'm up for durian and it's also a, a basically a spiky ball yeah 
So I don't know how many times we can toss it between each other before one of us like cuts open. So the rules are we have to stand six feet apart and no gloves. Durian, definitely durian or and, jackfruit. Yeah. Jackfruit, actually jackfruit, tossing a jackfruit six feet might be kind of a tough thing. Yeah, I like the durian. I think durian, durian, durian ticks the, all the boxes for me. Yeah. Again, once again, I want to talk to the first person in history that looked at it and said, we need to eat that. <laughs> it, it must have been, obviously, they, they observed an animal eating it, right? Like, yeah. It, it, like, when you see this fruit, so whoever, for those that don't know, this, the fruit is about the size of a, like, a medium-sized melon. It, But it's not smooth. It's roundish. It's not smooth, though. It's like this spiky, uh, it looks like a, a medieval weapon that you would put a stick at at the end yeah. of it and and swing as hard as you can that would like at least do at least 1d10 damage right <laughs> 1d10 yeah 1d10 if you had an enchanted darien 1d10 plus one <laughs> and then and then you'd have to do a saving throw for the smell yeah yep yeah, definitely yes durians are pungent that is probably the uh the the odd shape and the rank odor are probably two of its biggest claims to fame the, the best and, and different people have different ways of describing it but I, I to me it's like a if you're trying to describe a onion if it was a fruit <laughs> that, that's that's I know people like saying oh it smells like gym socks or whatever I don't think that's fair to say that it, it has a it has a earthy smell to it but it it, it reminds me as if uh, someone crossbred a very pungent onion with something like a mango. <laughs> I uh, uh, what? I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, ridiculous. St. Patrick's Day parking lot painting. Come on. Yeah. Okay. So today was St. Patrick's Day, being March seventeenth. Yesterday was March sixteenth. Yeah. Could imagine that. <laughs> March 16 being third month of the year, 16th day, it was 316 day. And I'm not talking about John 316. I'm talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, 316 day. Um, so no headline here, but really it's just the WWE actually made it like an official thing. So they're doing a whole bunch of, I think they're doing a whole bunch of things uh, to to celebrate, you know, Steve's career and whatnot. But Curtis, I was going to ask you, so what's kind of, you know, your little 316 day memory of Stone Cold? Uh, I like the fact that no one was safe from his stunner, uh, including octogenarians uh, Mae Young and uh, and Fabulous Moolah. How how did they how did they sell it? I don't remember. Do you remember? Like, did they do a good job or was it just awkward? Because I find people that don't usually work with Steve don't know how to sell it. Um, May, May Young sold it pretty convincingly. I would okay. say she was okay. a gamer. Okay. No one sold it like the rock though. Well, the rock, it was comical, right? Like he'd, he'd fall down and then spring back up and then sort of like tilt around, like, like shake and then fall down again. Like exactly. there's one, I, he actually did a handstand. Like he, <laughs> He fell back and then pushed off with his hands and he like flew into the air. It was, it was, it was amazing. Um, 
Yeah, my memory, I have two, but I, I told you that I was going to draw the line at my favorites, is a little vignette or backstage uh, thing they filmed. It was done in one take, one camera, and it was him and Booker T fighting in the supermarket. Yeah. That thing was so ridiculous. I forgot how much da- they actually said they they must. I think they said they they ended up writing a check for fifteen thousand dollars to the supermarket for all the whatever they did because they were. I don't think they damaged too much, but they were using produce things on the shelf. They went into the yeah. back room, um, and they're just fighting throughout the supermarket using whatever is in the supermarket as a weapon or whatever, and the. Vignette ends with Stone Cold putting Booker T in the shopping cart and like running him through the price check. I don't remember Booker T mounting a lot of offense in that. Uh, oh no, no, he segment. only he only he only did once, and then he he locked he what he thought was he locked Stone Cold in the freezer t- so that he couldn't get out. But Stone Cold, but Booker T not realizing that the freezer is connected to all the freezers in the supermarket, so Stone Cold comes out of like the milk section (laughs) has a chug of milk and then like the fight continues. No, no, no. They, 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 those two did like, um, I think, uh, they did for a few weeks, right. They were just kind of all over the place. It was like a bingo hall. There was him in the church where it's a stone cold chasing Booker around. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The church one was pretty good too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the honorable mention one was obviously it, it's got to be him and McMahon, but it's it's McMahon in the hospital. <laughs> yes. And Stone Cold's like pretending to be the doctor, and then he he starts pounding on him, and he grabs the bedpan, and that was a pretty solid hit because the mm-hmm. noise the bedpan made, like <laughs> it was it was a pretty solid ding. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, you know Stone Cold, you know he'll go down in history as you know one of the greats right even though his career was you know i guess short ish compared to most big big stars um yeah he was one of those guys who like at the time i don't know if i really appreciated this gimmick as much um but kind of looking back now like i think i think uh like i have a greater appreciation for him now than i did at the time you know, I, I just think like, you know, he was he was such a huge part of that era, that attitude era of the WW, uh, WWF, WWE, which, you know, for its for its uh, faults, you know, uh, it could be quite crass mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes still produce like some of the most hilarious vignettes and some of the best characters. And, uh, that was that was that was like my 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 wheelhouse. And, um, you know, to this day, when you hear that the glass shatter and his music hits, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a big thing. So, you know, happy 316 day, <laughs> happy St. Patrick's day, everybody. Um, our last headline, this one I, I called in our, in our run sheet, uh, the burning of bridges or, or bridge burning the bridge. So, Last paycheck from employer shows up as oiled covered pennies. <laughs> so a Georgia man who was expecting his final paycheck from a former employer said the money instead arrived in the form of 500 pounds of oiled covered pennies 
dumped in his driveway in the middle of the night. That's uh, that's pretty petty. <laughs> how how does one accumulate the exact amount? Like, I think it was like, oh, oh wait, apparently he did count it. Apparently, he still owed nine hundred and fifteen dollars. <laughs> 500 pounds of pennies. And I, I, at that point in time, I realized, oh, the Americans are still using the penny. Like how long have we been without the penny now? Yeah, that's a good question. It's been, I mean, it's been, it's been long enough that I don't remember like having them, you know, like, you know, they were a huge part of, of my life um, when I was a kid and a penny could actually get you like a candy, like a, like a gummy or something like that. But like, I can't remember the last time I've had them kicking around the house or anything like they've just been sort of out of sight, out of mind for so long. So there, there's the actual the, the article actually gets a hold of the employer and uh, the quote from the employer is uh, he doesn't recall if he dumped the pennies at uh, at Flatten's house. So that's the gentleman that uh, was being paid. And the quote is, it doesn't matter. He got paid. That's all that matters. <laughs> I guess it is legal tender, <laughs> but the the fact that you you also like grease them up, <laughs> yeah, man, like how how how, just how angry do you have to be that somebody quit 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 your company? You know, like, <laughs> and then you're gonna be that vindictive, yeah, because that that takes effort, right? Like. To find all those pennies, like 500 pounds worth of pennies, and then to grease them up. Yeah, that is that that I don't know. To 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 put that much work. Into I mean, you have to admire it in a way uh, to put that much work and do so vindictive <laughs> a, a plot. So, Curtis, let me ask you, if you were a business owner and you had an employer employee that uh, let, let's just say the employee was uh, not forthcoming and, and not exactly the best employee. And you really wanted to do something like this. What would you do to their final paycheck? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I was, I wonder if you could like get like a, a novelty paycheck something and put something really embarrassing on it so that uh that when they went to so that if they well see it's it's not checking toilet paper made of toilet paper maybe yeah or like you know put like put 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 like i don't know dildos on it or something like i don't know <laughs> that would have worked a lot better back when you had to go and and be face to face somebody when you were cashing a check and now like you know You're right it's just not not as uh it's not as good as good of a ploy so i don't know it's hard to top this penny this this penny uh dodge this is that is i don't know i i would i, I mean that would be amazing at the same time i i would hate to think that i had that much free time <laughs> you know what i do i buy them a non-fungible token <laughs> and say here you go <laughs> that's a good idea he got paid Yep, here's here's a here's a, a digital image of Nyan Cat. <laughs> One of the frames in the the how many frames do you think Nyan Cat was? Maybe three, three frames of animation. Yeah, 
Yeah. So one of the three. <laughs> I, I even, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Then try to figure out how to cash that thing out. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like it. I think that's uh, that it, it's it, it's a there's a lot more um, there's a lot more more sort of uh, restraint and subtlety to that amount of pettiness. I like that. <laughs> I, I'm glad you did. So that uh, that uh, concludes the headline. So I, I did bring some papers. So let's see if this turns out. Oh, I don't know if that did or not. We'll find out. So. Uh, we thought we'd bring back an, uh, uh, something we haven't done in a while, which is our movie review. And this time around, we're dusting off some old martial arts action and reviewing 1995's Mortal Kombat based on the ever-popular video game. Yes, um, this was... Uh... I guess this came out in a time when uh, video uh, um, movies based on video games. You were looking at, I don't know, the the Bob Hoskins Super Mario Brothers. Um, yeah, it was it was Jean Claude Van Damme Street Fighter. Jean Claude Van Damme Street Fighter. Yes, yeah, you were looking at at, at a very weak crop, and I think this did uh, elevate it. But keep in mind that we are talking about a very low bar. <laughs> a very 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 low bar yeah um okay so let's let's just kind of give the the basic plot summary so basically three uh three unknowing martial arts artists are summoned to a mysterious island to compete in a tournament whose outcome will decide the fate of the world so effectively it's the plot of the video game right yeah I think that was the plot of the video game and once again, I hate the fact that they use the term tournament because even in the video game, Mortal Kombat was not a tournament. It, it was a ladder, right? Like you playing as you playing Mortal Kombat, you had to climb past everybody. You didn't, you know, I, you would be playing and like Johnny Cage would be like the second last guy before Goro. Like, how did he get a buy all the way up there? <laughs> like, seriously, that's not a that's not a tournament. Yeah, it it's it's not a tournament and I don't know there's all kinds of weird stuff like I think like uh uh if Shang Tsung wins the tournament for for a fourth straight time then the world is doomed like why Oh the, why sorry that it was a rule or... ten, 10 times 10 times Was it 10 times? Yeah, so this was the 10th tournament and they've won all 9 previously. Yeah. And 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 he's He's cheating and and moving the goalposts throughout the entire film, right? That's right. Yep. Like, they, like there's all these rules. It's supposed to be a free for all, but there's all these rules. But then he's changing the rules all the time to benefit him. Why go through all this, and why not just change the why not why not change the rules and and make it nine? <laughs> you know, like, I've won it for nine straight times. I get to take over your world, or or. Or just take over the world without the tournament. Like it just seemed like he's he's he's, you know, making it making his evil plans very difficult to fulfill uh, with this tournament or this ladder gambit. Well, it's also ridiculous because he invites people from Earth to fight each other for the fate of their planet, which doesn't make sense. You'd think that you would always have to fight his people. Yeah, 
yeah it, 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 the whole the whole the whole premise is weak but i mean i will say this you know it's based on a video game that has almost zero plot right it's That's just right. it's just a head-to-head and it was a very good one for its time it's just a head-to-head fighting video game and to be i guess to be able to construe any type of plot out of that is bravo in some you know so uh so as as the as i mentioned the plot the three so um lu kang uh played by robin show um probably seen him before in beverly hills ninja is that it the chris farley vehicle he was like his quote-unquote he was yes beverly hills ninja yes um so lu kang there's there's basically the three martial artists i'll put them in quotes because robin's the only really one um so he's like the i guess shaolin monk or monk from the monastery that turns his back against the training for this tournament and leaves and he only comes back to it to avenge his untimely death of his brother at the hands of shang sung uh, Johnny Cage is a weird one. Like Shang Tsung comes, it pretends to be someone he knows to invite him to the tournament, but I'm not sure why he does for any <laughs> reason. I think they just needed Johnny Cage, who's this actor, who's supposed to be, I guess, uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme at the time, martial arts actor. and But he's, you know, always being defending his martial arts because people think he's just an actor or whatever so that's yeah so he 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 somehow convinces shang Tsung, as disguised as someone else convinces him to come to the tournament so not sure what his motives are other to prove to the world that he's the best um and sonya blade is again out for revenge as well against kano who killed her partner um don't know why what Kano has to do with the tournament because he's basically like Shang Tsung's guest. <laughs> like he, he's hanging out with him at the beginning of the movie, having dinner with Goro and yeah. So well, that's how they introduce like the characters into the game. So all the characters I mentioned are char- playable characters in the game. It's, it's like you say, um, it doesn't, the whole setup of the competition doesn't make sense because yeah, the Earth guys are fighting each other, but then they're also fighting, sort of like the, the the various ninjas uh, that and that uh, Shang Tsung has in his employ, employ as well as Kano and Goro and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what is the reason? Like, why are there are situations where the earth guys are fighting other earth guys. It's like you said before, why aren't they just fighting the ninjas? And uh, exactly, you know, it doesn't so, make any, any sense at all. So the other confusing hero in this is played by Christopher Lambert. He's probably the biggest name at the time for this. Right. Um, and he plays, uh, he plays Raiden, right. The electrical thunder, well, more electrical uh, character that you play. Mm-hmm. Um, he acts as sort of a guide. He he says he can't interfere, but he does only in prime moments. <laughs> so I think he's supposed to be like the protector of our realm, and he's trying to make sure that the tournament goes, you know, is is fair and square, <laughs> goes down the line. I, of which he does a terrible job because which rules- he does a terrible, terrible job. 
he's used he's he's like the most powerful like like you see him basically like take out scorpion and sub-zero in two seconds with his like lightning powers and and then and 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 and, uh, so you know that he's a very capable entity and yet he's he's does nothing really to help them (laughs) through the the, you know (laughs) so uh The heroes fight, 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 and the fighting is decent enough. Like you know, it's it's fun enough. Um, and uh, evil is vanquished, but not before there's a boatload, and I mean a boatload of fan service. If you were a fan of the video <laughs> game, um, you probably would have been eating all this up, right? So they were they were doing moves from the video game, um not necessarily throwing fireballs or anything, but they were doing kind of moves that you saw in the, in the video game. So Johnny Cage, I think you were going to talk, you want to talk about this fight, but I, I, let me just uh, mention Johnny Cage does his splits punch on Goro, which is a move in the video game. Uh, Sonya does her choking out move with her leg. It's kind of like a, a Hirana type move. It comes some kind of leg choke. Um, and uh, Liu Kang does his flying dragon kick and does some kind of punch that looks like he's throwing a fireball but they just kind of made it look like there's you know big sparks and but yeah boatloads of fan service and then when the ninjas come out and sub-zero's throwing ice fireballs and freezing people in scorpion with his um spear like thing which is they kind of animate it to make it look like a lot it's, it's alive and then yeah which i thought was pretty weak boatloads of fan service <laughs> boatloads there's a few things that i okay I, I will say just overall i remember liking this movie uh when it first came out in 1995 not to the point where i wanted to watch it multiple times but more of the i thought that was going to be shittier kind of thing <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and 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 then looking at it now like it it is really not good um it's entertaining enough but uh there's <laughs> there's like i remember thinking that the fight between Liu kang and and sub-zero was really cool when i saw it in, mm. in uh in 1995 and it still is like a, like you say the fights are not bad and the fight was pretty good but like you know so sub-zero is using using all his like free freezing powers on him and uh and i think it was uh uh what's the uh katana comes out and says use the life-giving element uh you know and normally a video or or a a movie that sort of uh gives the audience the benefit of the doubt and and uh sort of appreciates that the audience might be intelligent would 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 be like oh she means water and and then but no luke kang has to go ah water and then pick up a bucket of water and throw it at uh at, at sub-zero and that's pretty cool because because then it forms a uh a spear that it right. him. but the the whole exposition that unnecessary exposition yep. I, was, I, I was laughing so hard i was like man they really did think that their audience were a bunch of idiots and she couldn't she couldn't have just told them use the bucket of water dummy yeah or that. <laughs> let's use riddles yeah or he could have just figured it out for himself 
Right, right, right. <laughs> you could have just seen the bucket of water and just that would have been it would have I mean the the badass thing was the water turning into ice and impaling Sub Zero. You didn't need any any dialogue, uh, any exposition at all. And before I forget, may I also add that Liu Kang, his hair looks like Getty Lee circa Grace <laughs> Grace under pressure. <laughs> Like Red Sector, the video for Red Sector A, that's the exact hair that Getty Lee had. Oh yeah, no, no, it's 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 beautiful. I couldn't stop staring at it at one point in time because it 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 it, it moves really weirdly. But um, just but but the water, the the funny thing there is is uh, Raiden drops the two buckets of water in that room before they fight. So yeah, so he's. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's helping out in really stupid ways yeah exactly really obtuse, really obtuse ways and and i have to mention one thing about christopher lambert's character is I, I don't know why they thought it was cute because raiden never says it in the video game whatever but uh several times and and they try to make it a point that raiden's catchphrase or his thing he says is i don't think so yeah, I don't for know. for for ancient god for that's yeah. that's that's his catchphrase. Like, guys, yeah, yeah, like I don't but, know, right? And right, like in the video game, you know, I know I know that they can't make it. You know, they have to do some alterations to to be able to make a narrative out of so thin a premise. But in the video game, like Raiden's a fully playable character, is involved in you know is involved in all the fight you 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 fight him if you're not playing him or if you're playing him you take him up the ladder and up to goro and then uh shang sung you know he wasn't this sort of like you know poor poor man's gandalf looking guy just sort of like <laughs> hanging out in the back like he was badass and he has the craziest voice he puts on this crazy acting thing <laughs> and it was just it was so distracting <laughs> like you're sitting there going why is he talking like that um okay what one more kind of uh slag can, can i think we can tell that we both found this movie like totally laughable but uh uh one thing was uh this is more fa- fan service is you were just waiting like people were just waiting you could tell. I'm, I'm sure if you go to a movie theater with a bunch of Mortal Kombat fans, they're probably cheering the first time Shang Tsung says "finish him." Yeah, yeah. There was all all finish him. I think yeah. Somebody, I think it's Liu Kang says "flawless victory" at some point. Oh, they all yeah. They they say, and then there's this one scene where when Johnny Cage defeats Scorpion, uh, like the autograph photo somehow gets injected into the scene <laughs> like so much fan service but yeah yeah um so if you are a fan of the video game yeah that fan service you'd be eating it up one thing that was really i guess the one thing that did come out of this movie is the everlasting soundtrack right people always talk about it right it's it's maybe oh it's the great video game movie but people inevitably always go back and talk about the soundtrack that came out of mortal Kombat. yeah it was um it was it was uh a huge soundtrack it went uh two times platinum in the united states and uh apparently i was i was just reading that it was the first um edm album uh to be certified platinum in the united states 
So, uh, you know, before, I guess, uh, you know, what would have, I guess, train spotting had like a lot of EDM elements or, or the matrix or like, you know, mm-hmm. all the, the, those other, uh, electronic heavy soundtracks, you know, this was sort of like the, uh, this was sort of like the, 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 the prototype for the, for that sort of style. And, uh, and there's some, there's some good tracks on it. You know, there's a, uh, juke joint Jezebel from KMFDM. Uh, but, uh, the, the actual, uh, Mortal Kombat theme song, which is <laughs> ubiquitous in the, in the film is, is really, really grating. It's very hard to listen to. Well, I, I was saying till you off, off air that, uh, it reminds me that something should be on the playlist of jock jams, like playing at a hockey game in between periods or during yeah. a, a TV break. Yeah, it's got a real two unlimited vibe. <laughs> but but also it's the samples from the video game, right? Of 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 Shang Tsung's voice, like um, saying all the characters' names and yeah, all the all the the fan service uh, samples, right? Yeah, it's 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 crazy it's crazy it's very it's 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 very sort of uh it's very high energy i'll give it that it's very yeah. high energy good workout jam but uh <laughs> yeah very very annoying i do want to say before before we leave mortal Kombat, though like i, I just want to bring up goro very briefly okay he's he's like he's like so goro in the video game goro he's got four arms a uh, massive sort of uh ogre looking dude and he's the, he's like the second last guy you fight. He's pretty tough to beat in the game. Um, and he's and, um, and he's invulnerable to throws, so you couldn't you can't cheap him. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you got you actually have to have some some skills. Um, and he's a, really intimidating in this movie. He's like a Ray Harryhausen cast off from Class of the Titans, like like. <laughs> No, I, I was also wondering that too. I, I didn't I didn't do any research, but I, I was wondering what he was. Is it purely CG or was he uh claymation animatronic? Like I couldn't tell what it was. I don't think it was a dude in a suit. No, I don't think so. I think I think I think it was probably early CG, but okay. it kind of had that animatronic sort of vibe. You know, it mm. wasn't quite as jerky the motions, but it was that it was really he was he was he was unimpressive looking and he gets taken out by uh Johnny Cage who does as Larry pointed out he you know everybody has their signature moves and one of Johnny Cage's was to do the splits and then punch uh his opponent in the groin so that proves hugely effective against Goro and then and then he kind of runs away up a mountain or something and Goro chases him, and then he basically just kicks him off the mountain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, well, there was the, there was the one line he's hanging on, and then uh, because I think he at the beginning of the movie when he's filming, he he tells his fellow actor, "This is where you fall down." Like he was like the person didn't know what the choreograph. So, um, and he says the same line to Goro, and he falls into the abyss. Yeah. Goro, we hardly knew you. Goro, we hardly knew you. And they, even though, like, that was the one thing that was not fan service. And again, maybe it'll be a different story with today's CG, but he wasn't as big as he should have been. Like, no. You know what I mean? Like, Goro is huge in the video game. Yes. Like, he, 
he picks you up with two of his hands and then pounds you with the other two, right? Yes. Wasn't that one of his moves? Like, oh yeah, yeah. He was a he was a tough bastard. But um, yeah, I mean, there is this the Mortal Kombat movie coming out this year where, you know, it looks a lot more serious. Oh, a lot more bloody. You, be... oh. you know. Uh, and they'll probably do a better, better Goro. Like the effects in this were really terrible. But I mean, for for the time, I think in 1995 they're probably acceptable. But uh, mm-hmm. like the I, whole, I, I would think so. Yeah, the whole reptile thing. Like now, you look at it and it's like, oh, that's really bad. But at the time, it's probably, oh, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Um. So, one thing I want to point out is the movie ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. Because as they return to the Earth realm, uh, Shao Kahn finally shows himself, and as he's, I guess, invading Earth, and of course Christopher Lambert says, "I don't think so," and yeah. the warriors, you know, get into a fighting stance. Uh, I went ahead and watched the trailer for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which I guess is supposed to take place immediately, like right after that scene, and picks up. Uh, but the problem is they couldn't re-sign Christopher Lambert and they couldn't re-sign uh, Bridget Wilson. Um, the wife of Pete Sampras. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's two new actors in the group and they, well, Christopher Lambert, just because he's a famous actor, but uh, her, like the woman that they hired to replace her looks nothing like her. And it was almost like even different hairstyle. It's just like, yeah. so it was very jarring. Like, you know, you know, recasting happens all the time, but this one was very jarring. Like, it was just like, what? Okay. <laughs> um, but before, maybe we'll, we'll tie it into our video game segment with Mortal Kombat because this is based on a video game. So this game, this movie came out, um, well, it's probably filmed while Mortal Kombat 2 was out. So there are characters from Mortal Kombat 2 and 1, or basically in two, because a lot of the main characters came forward um, in this movie. And I think this movie came out in April. And then in the summertime, Mortal Kombat three had come out. Um, So at the time it was, you know, the video game was at its height, right? Like it's, it's very popular still today, but I, as you're saying, it was a very pop. First one was very popular. Two was again, just, you know, to me, I think I like two better than one. Like it was, I, I think I stopped at three. I think I, I found three too confusing, with the run button. And, oh yeah, yeah. There was a lot of buttons. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and and it just came to the point where it just wasn't fun anymore. Like it was just like, oh, it's just more about the gore and how much more blood can we spew out, and and also the fatalities and all the other things were exponentially a lot more difficult to pull off. So. I played Eleven very uh, briefly recently, uh, and that's the latest one, right? That's the latest one, and it's all like, um, like the single player campaign now is all it's like, like the narrative now is very complex and kind of like um, that Injustice, the DC Injustice game. Like you don't choose who you play with; like you play with whatever character is, you know, sort of the focus of that moment in the narrative and stuff like that. But it's really weird because the 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 fatalities and and like some of the moves are so extreme. You'll have this this scene where there's there's these two characters who are ostensibly allies, but they have to like they have to fight for some reason or whatever. 
And, you know, they're sort of like, you know, when they're actually fighting, they're being kind of cool with each other. But then when you pull off some of the, like critical moves and stuff, they're like, they're like, like sawing each other with like chainsaws and stuff like that. Like, are these like supposed to be sort of friends or isn't that supposed to be this character's mother or, you know, like it's just, it's really weird. Well, that's the thing. Cause I, I, I guess, is that what they're called? The critical hits where they sudden the camera angle changes and you're like seeing the bone breaking moves. Yes. That, that it does. So my question, I, you know, cause I, I stopped playing, I, I just, you know, pure observer of the game, just seeing scenes like, I know it's a game and all, but it's almost like a fatality. How does the fight continue? You just yeah. crushed my skull. <laughs> yeah, and and then the and they do like just like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this only took out less than a, a, a fifth of my health. <laughs> Bravo! I will continue the fight. Hey, I got a quick question for you, Larry. Yeah. How much? What What do you think the budget was for Mortal Kombat? And how much do you think it made at the box office? I, I I'm sure it made good money. I'm guessing for 1995 money, I I would think it's in and around the 10 to 15 mil to cost to make 18 million. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it probably made. I I, I don't have the numbers in front of you, but I'm sure you do. I'm guessing it worldwide. It must be. It must be a hundred million, right? Somewhere in and around that area. Um. 124.7 million. Oh, time for me to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> um, no, it's, I'm not. Even though we were slagging and throwing a lot of shade at this movie, it did very, very well. And you, as you said off the top, for a video game movie that was in a time where, oh, that did I just use the uh, trailer uh, voice? In a time, in a time where video game movies were just pure crap um this one was pretty true to the game and as you said there wasn't a deep narrative to the game anyways so that's why i can easily say you know yeah you know it followed the general storyline it, it had elements in the game you know they they got the johnny cage character right like that's how you kind of were told this is this is the type of guy this he is and whatever so I'm wondering why they got him to wear like business casual Friday stuff though. Like when he was a Hollywood movie star and it's all oversized. Not yeah. the nineties had like this weird thing about let's not wear, you know, form fitting. <laughs> there was no such thing as slim fit. He wore this like green button down shirt for the entire movie. That was like, I don't know, eight sizes too big for him. Like where the, where the shoulder seam is like near his elbow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so Curtis, Mortal Kombat. Do you recommend people reviewing this one if they if they haven't seen it in a while? Well, I I think you know what I would say if you if you are interested in the new Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out, uh, and you can find and you can find this somewhere um, to stream. Then yeah, I mean, I think I think you may get a kick out of it, and then have the fun of comparing that movie to the to the uh, new one uh, when when you see it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's okay. It's 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 it, it's it's entertaining enough. I I th I I I think I I agree. Like it, it, even though we were throwing a lot of shade, it's I think to a lot of people this is a cult classic. Um. 
you know, growing up, I would think you and I are probably the same vintage. If, if I were to say, oh, what if there's a martial arts movie that, you know, that you saw when you were a kid that, that kind of stuck with you. I think for us, maybe it might be, might be blood sport. Mm -hmm. I don't want to call Bruce Lee movie because Bruce Lee movies were not part of our generation. We were like, we were, would have been like, he, he passed away when we were, when we were born. Yeah. Um, But I think to a lot of, to a, a generation of maybe, you know, little older millennials, this movie is like their martial arts movie. This was like their first movie foray into it. And if you were playing the video game as like a 12, 13 year old, you would have been, you know, going nuts for this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got, yeah, it's, it's got fun fight scenes. It's got weird ass characters. You like know. the video game. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, the, the video, the, the movie was actually written by Ed Boon, right? So he's one of the original creators of, of Mortal Kombat 1. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. You know, oh, it was, yeah, it was written by Ed Boon and John Tobias. So both of them, yeah. you know, were, were, were part of it. So, you know, it's just too bad they're, they, they didn't kind of learn from their video game that they needed more. <laughs> <laughs> or no one told them what a tournament was. <laughs> All right. So segueing into that, so Mortal Kombat. Uh, I know they're up to eleven. That's that's crazy. I know. Um, so so Curtis, what are you what are you playing these days? Uh... So I'm playing on the Nintendo Switch. I'm playing uh, Bravely Default Two, which I think I might have uh, mentioned in a previous uh, podcast that I was uh, a game that was on my radar. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. So it's it's sort of like a uh, it's it's a Square Enix game. So it's uh, and it plays like Final Fantasy. Um, it's it's like Final Fantasy in all but name, really, because like uh, you know, it's got it's got like all the classes that 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 uh, that you would recognize: White Mage, Red Mage. Um, you know, it's got the you know, warriors, thieves, all that kind of stuff. And it's got the job system, which has been, you know, utilized in several different Final Fantasies, I guess as early as Final Fantasy three and then and then and uh most recently in Final Fantasy fourteen, the MMORPG. But um but it's got this uh combat mechanism called uh Brave in default, where you can spend points you can either you can either guard and you can gain these points or you can spend these point these bravery points and that just lets you act multiple times in a turn and if you don't have any saved up you can still like spend up to up to 3 and act multiple times in a turn but then you you're a sitting duck for you know what until you can get those points back so you're a sitting duck for 3 turns so it's got a real fun risk reward element to the fighting that's okay. that's the part. I think a lot of the um, tabletop card games use a similar mechanic, um, where 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 you do that. So um, well, that's it's it's neat kind of seeing seeing that. Um, but it's it's still turn based combat, right? Yeah, it's it's like it's like Final Fan like Final Fantasies sort of one through six like that style mm-hmm. of, uh, of 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 gameplay. And narratively, it's not quite as 
serious like there's not the same kind of gravitas that you know sometimes those final fantasy games can maybe be over serious but they tend to have like a, a more mature storyline this one is maybe a little less a little less so a little more sort of uh whimsical i guess mm-hmm. but uh, i'm really enjoying it i think if you're a fan of uh, jrpgs then it's worth your time okay no, no, I, I think so. So this is out on Switch, and is it out on multi-platform, or is it only on... I, be- I believe, as of right now, it's only on Switch. Okay. Um, I haven't started anything new yet. Still trying to clean up some old ones, but I did see an interesting trailer today as my search for a PS5 in in seriousness has started. Uh, has, has started. So I, I knew that they were going to restock sometime this week, and I was just minutes off so it, it restocked at around 12 16 in the afternoon on tuesday i was and they all sold out in within four minutes on this is best buy um so but while i'm waiting for one i did see this awesome in, well intriguing trailer for a game called the um returnal uh for ps5 Mm-hmm. Um, take a look at that, Curtis. It it looks pretty interesting. It looks like it's a deep, uh, a deep story, uh, third person shooter like thing, female character. So, uh, you're like an astronaut landing on a uh, alien planet, and then you're. It looks like it's. I don't know if it's a purgatory or somehow it's reading your mind and it's creating things in your history. So, um, but it looks great. Like, you know, any, any of these, as, as PS5 starts, these games start to come out, it's just more and more amazing what that machine can do. So, um, something for you to look out for, maybe you might be interested. I think it comes out, uh, really soon ish. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'll definitely keep my eyes. I have, I think I've seen, um, you know, some, some ads for it. Um, it does look pretty interesting. So yeah. Oh, April 30th. All right. So you might want to keep an eye on that. Um, but uh, I think I think that's it for another week, Curtis. Um, just uh, to let our listeners know, and and even to a reminder for us, our next episode next week will be marking our first year. So a year of the existentialist cucumber. It's it's been it's been a crazy one, but uh, our our we had recorded our very very first episode back on uh, March twenty fifth, twenty twenty. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, let's let's uh, think of something to do for the next two months during the pandemic. <laughs> here we are, and here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have to maybe do some uh, do something special for our, our one year anniversary episode, of some kind. Maybe uh, we'll, we'll we'll think of something. Think of something interesting. I was I was thinking maybe we should try to do the show live, but uh, finding a platform for us to do live is is never good. If if the pandemic had ended, we I, I think yeah we should have taken the show on the road, go somewhere, <laughs> some restaurant, have people walk by and scream things into our mics. But yeah, but uh, thank you again, Curtis, as always. Uh, and you can listen to Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Um, and, you know, on Apple Podcasts, give us rating, give us a five star, give us three stars. Hey, give us a comment. Anything helps. Um, get the word out. And uh, so thanks again, Curtis. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Working from home.